Welcome to Inside Economics. I'm Mark Sandy, the Chief Economist of Moody's Analytics, and I'm joined by two of my colleagues, of course, my co-host, Chris Dredes. Hey, Chris. Hey, Mark. How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. The week went by pretty uneventfully, so all good. You? Yeah, same here. Same okay. Here. Very good. And uh, we've got Dante, Dante D'Antonio. Uh, of course, Dante is a regular on Jobs Friday. This is uh, August the 4th, Friday, August the 4th. And we got um, the, the employment report for July. It's good to have you, Dante. Thanks, Mark. Happy Friday. Yeah, you're still at the beach, I see. Yep, getting ready to head home after after two weeks of relaxation. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And where do you go when you go to the beach? Uh, Ocean City, New Jersey. Oh, that's right. Ocean City. I haven't been to Ocean City in many decades, probably. Yeah. Probably hasn't changed in decades. No, not a whole lot. Yeah. It's a yeah, n- nice, uh, nice spot to be in. And um, price, home prices have come down. Mm, yeah. <laughs> they have. No. Have, you, have you noticed? Have you looked? They're still pretty expensive, but they've yeah. come down a little bit. Yeah. I think it's Ocean County, New Jersey, or that's the Ocean is that a match? It's a metropolitan area, I think, right? Ocean. I believe so. Yeah. I yes. believe it is. Yeah. And so we, I was looking at, I think it's down more than 10% from the peak in oceans. Of course, it would, it's probably up 50, 60% during the pandemic. Yeah. 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 I think so. So, yeah. So prices yeah. Are, are coming in a little bit. Um, uh, okay. Uh, the jobs numbers. Um, I've got a view, as you can imagine. Uh, I'm smiling. Uh, that might give you a hint. Uh Chris is crying. That might give you a hint, uh, but I am very happy You're... that we created 187,000 jobs. So. True, true. Well, we'll discuss what that means for your forecast in, in a bit here. But before we uh, go down that path, Dante, you want to give us the uh, rundown? What's your view? Get, just give us the you know, sense of the numbers and you know what your view is of uh, what it means. Sure, I, I dare call it a, a near perfect employment report given the the current Ooh, world that we're in. Near um, perfect. As Chris mentioned, we added 187,000 jobs, which is you know, basically in line with where we were last month after revisions. It's you know a, a definitive slowdown over the last three months, six months, 12 months, whatever period you want to compare it to. Job growth is is definitely slowing. Um, you know, on a three-month moving average basis, we're still over 200k, but you know it's it's definitely moving south pretty quickly, and it seems like we're we're likely to be south of that here in the second half of the year. Um, across industries, I would say that, you know the breadth of job creation is narrowing a little bit. We had a few more industries where you had small losses. You know there weren't any sort of glaring weaknesses in the report, but you had a small loss in manufacturing, small decline in transportation and warehousing, uh, a relatively big decline in, in temporary services, which has you know, been a, a big negative here and likely a sign that things are going to continue to slow and weaken over the next couple of months. Um, on the positive side, you know, healthcare continues to just churn out jobs at a pretty brisk pace, added just over 87,000 jobs this month, which is uh, the strongest that it's been in about a year. Construction holding up well in the face of, you know, whatever headwinds might exist in, in the housing market, adding almost 20,000 jobs. Public sector payrolls are still positive. They've come in a little bit and they're not quite as strong as they've been in recent months, but still adding jobs in the public sector. Um, Legion hospitality is weak again. You know, that had been the, the main driver of growth early in the recovery that has, you know, definitively pulled back, slowed off. There's haven't been any job losses, but the gains have, have slowed to almost nothing at this point. Um, yeah, I think if there's one thing that people will sort of stick and look at as a, as a weakness here, it's wage growth again, came in at 0.4% month over month, though the year over year change is still basically stuck at 4.4%, which is where it's been basically since the beginning of the year. Um, so it's not re-accelerating, but it's also not coming in rapidly as we might hope. Uh, on the household survey side, I guess you could call it a negative that the unemployment rate fell in this environment. You know, it ticked down to three and a half percent. I'm not sure that I read a whole lot into it. It fell for the right reasons, at least. The labor force is still growing. It's just that household survey employment was a little bit strong again. Um, so I don't think there's anything too negative there. All of the participation measures, employment to population ratios were all either you know flat or up slightly, which is you know again a positive sign that workers are still coming back to the labor force. So, you know, all in all, it's it's another positive report, just like it was last month. I think it's hard to to find too much negative uh, in in the numbers that we got. Great, yeah. So the only blemish that you pointed to was wage growth, the growth in average hourly earnings, which kind of seem a little stuck here at year over year around 4.4%. 4. 
That's right. And and just to give people context, what do you think it should be? I mean, if it, if we were if it was ideal, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some debate. I mean, we, I, we've long said three and a half percent. You know, if you assume two percent inflation and you assume sort of long run productivity growth at one and a half percent, you know, that would say we can sustain three and a half percent wage growth. I think there's obviously some wiggle room there. You know, do we actually think two percent is the inflation target? Do we think the Fed's comfortable with something a little bit higher than that? You know, do we think productivity might be a little bit stronger than one and a half percent? I don't want to get Chris too excited. You know. So if you think there's any wiggle room on inflation and productivity, maybe 4% wage growth is sustainable, maybe something slightly above that. So I think it's there's not a definitive that says we have to get back to 3.5%, but you know, we probably need to get a little bit closer than we are now. Yeah. Just splitting hairs just a little bit, but I want to do that. Uh, you, you say 2% inflation plus 1.5% productivity growth gets you to 3.5%, and that would be consistent with the Fed's target. Should we be using 2% the core PCE or should we be using CPI, the consumer price index, which would be 2.5% add 1.5% for productivity growth, which gets you to four. And if that's the number, is that really different from 4.4% given the all the, we know there's so many measurement issues here with regard to this particular wage series. Did you, Do you have a view on that? I, I wouldn't argue against it. I mean, I think three and a half percent is the lower bound of where we possibly need to be. I think if anything- The lower bound, the lower right, bound. I, I think we can sustain wage growth above that in all likelihood. I think you know, that's definitively as low as we would need to get. I think we can probably sustain something slightly higher than that. Right. Chris, Chris did, what do you think about what I just said? I mean, that this feels very in the weeds, inside baseball economics, but what do you yeah. think? Because everyone says three and a half percent, and I'm I'm wondering, well, exactly why three and a half percent? Well, I think it comes down to which series you're talking about as well, right? Because the average hourly earnings, as well, we know has its own issues in terms of measurement. So, is four point four really the the uh, the growth rate here? ECI other measures might be a little bit higher. So, yeah. But if you're if you're asking, you know. Does it need to be three now? If it was four, if we were under four, I think the Fed would be comfortable with that, right? I don't think that's to your okay. point that they're uh, three and a half percent is kind of this soft bogey. It doesn't if it if it's below four and not accelerating, then yeah, yeah right. I think so. I okay, think so if we're anchoring towards a number. It's four, and then. Underneath that, then the other factors. Okay, let's take a closer look at the productivity, which is. Very hard to measure at the moment. I don't know if we'll get into that. But, yeah, we uh, will. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Yeah, and then okay. the wages. It's I mean, you know, there are lots of factors here. So yeah, but but you're saying if we're in the if we've got a sub if we're in the if we've got a hand three handle on whether it's three nine or three five, good enough. Uh, you're going to use the Wall Street lingo here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I guess handle. so. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, we are Wall Street, my friend, aren't we? No, I thought we were suburban Philadelphia. Right? No, but you know we're, we're Moody's. We're, we're we're Wall Street. We are. We define Wall Street. We are All right. Wall Street. All right. I think. I sort of. I guess we're, we're Wall Street adjacent, at least. Yeah. Okay. We're Wall Street adjacent. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, so Dante, going back to you. So, bottom line, you felt pretty good about this number, this report. It, I feel good about it. Yeah. Cause like I, said, I, I think I discount the sort of negative of wage growth probably more than others do. So I, I don't really see anything wrong. You know, the unemployment rate, yeah, I, we expect it to move up a little bit here. I, I'm not worried that it ticked down instead of up just because the labor force is still growing. And I think that's the most important thing. We've got a labor force that's growing. We've got job growth that's slowing. That should eventually get us to, you know, an unemployment rate that's ticking a little bit higher and then taking a little bit of the pressure off the labor market. But it, it feels like we're in a pretty good spot all around. Yeah. Okay. Chris, uh, oh, I meant I meant to ask just factually, because I, I don't think I looked, government employment, because that's been increasing strongly here recently. Did that continue in July? It was up 15,000. The average in the second quarter was 40,000. So it's still up, but definitely slower than it was. Right. Okay. In, in July. And I, and I think that goes to the fact that uh, state, local, federal government couldn't compete with the private sector back a year ago when wage growth was as strong as it was. But now that it's moderating, 
government's back in the game and they're they're starting to hire. Yeah. yeah okay. I would agree. Okay, Chris, um, what's your take on the report? Yeah, good report. Right, certainly uh, near perfect report, indicating moderate moderation. I, I have a sense that might be I, in the title of this podcast. Near perfect. <laughs> Was it near perfect? Near perfect. There are some yeah. nits you could, and and, and a bit of it Ooh. is. Uh, in the Your perfect the... nits could also be in the title somehow. We'll just keep that into mind. Write that oh, wow. down, Franco. We're already in the yeah. uh, titling <laughs> session here. <laughs> I'm just, I, yeah, I'm on a roll here with the title. So go ahead. I don't think our listeners realize the pain and suffering that we go through, through to come <laughs> up with a right. title each week. That's right. I don't, don't know. <laughs> I hope they appreciate the titles of these podcasts because goodness knows we, you know, we there's a lot of sweat and blood that goes into those titles. <laughs> oh geez anyway yeah. go ahead go ahead but, what you, yeah what you, overall good report again there may be some nits but some of those can be really in the eye of the beholder right you can spin that in uh, some different ways right so i looked at i saw that part-time uh, workers for non-economic reasons is actually up from last year hmm. right so is that people voluntarily choosing to uh, work less take a, a part-time job or is it uh, people who are forced to because they don't have childcare? Or I guess that would be for economic reasons. But um, right. you know, how much of this, though, is truly um, the choice versus you know the, the offering of the labor market itself? Right? right, right. Wages are higher, so maybe I don't need to work as much. So I don't know. You can uh, you can find some of these. I, uh, Dante, I don't know about you, but that was his knit. I mean. No, or I mean, uh, he's really, pretty, he's really another one, stretching. Another one I, say, I, say, I say that's like a like like a I don't even know what I would call that. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, yeah. one, multiple job holders is up. People multiple working uh, both okay. full time and part time or two part time jobs is up versus a year ago. How do you interpret that? Is that economic significantly? I, I didn't see that. Is that it's up uh, what, half a million? Oh, it is okay, and it's oh. not one month jump. It's a, a trend. It seems to be a trend. Yeah. Okay. Dual drop holders. Uh, it's still not a large share of the total labor market though. So yeah. You can't really say, oh, this is... Right. But it, does that point to some stra underlying stress maybe mm -hmm. in certain households? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. something to watch, not something that is maybe macroeconomic in, uh, in nature. But again, you can, you can find little uh, pockets here where depending on what your view is, you know, could color your uh, your outlook. Maybe you could say, "Well, because the labor market is so strong, there's all these opportunities. People are taking advantage and working two jobs because the you know their wages are way up. So uh, making a hay while the sun is shining. So how do you square mm -hmm. the circle here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any other nits? Those are two nits. You know, you go into the some of the demographics, sure, but uh, you can find. You mean like things. the unemployment rate for? For different minority groups, for different minority groups or different age or education group, but yeah, you know, you have to be really careful there because there's a lot of noise, month to month volatility. So I didn't right. spot anything that really shouted out, "Hey, this is a, a real issue here." Yeah, Bro broadly speaking, is it consistent with uh, the uh, the economy kind of threading the needle here, the slowing sufficiently that it allow wage and price pressures to abate, get back to the Fed's target, but at the same time, avoiding a recession, do you feel like it is consistent with that kind of outlook? I think it's on that glide path. The question glide is, path. you know, yeah. again, we go back to wages. Is that that's stubborn, right? If, mm -hmm. if it had been coming in a little bit more, then maybe we'd be a little more convinced perhaps that that was indeed the path. But you know, if we yeah. st stick here, then the Fed may have to come in more aggressively and that certainly could slow things down in a in a more aggressive or a more a severe way. Let me ask you another question. So the unemployment rate 3.5% has been yeah. more or less 3.5% now for almost a year and a half, I think. I think maybe maybe not quite, but pretty darn close. Pretty amazing uh stability and low and stable, you know, 36, 35. Did we ever get to 34? I'm not sure, but you know yeah. We did one month. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, if, you know, people look at that, they might think, oh, that's a problem. That indicates that the labor market's too tight or beyond full employment. So two questions. Do you think that three and a half percent 
rate is consistent with full employment or being beyond full employment? And are there other indicators that we should be looking at to gauge whether the labor market is easing up or not? Maybe the unemployment rate, you know, obviously isn't the only thing we should be looking at. What else should we be looking at? And what are they saying about the kind of the tightness of the labor market? That's to you, Chris. Oh, to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, so sorry. Do I, sorry. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I can, no, I do. You know, you the fact, want, we can no. send it to Dante. Well, you can send it to Dante after, but okay, uh, go ahead. Fair he can crack yeah. my errors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the so I would say the the mere fact that we continue to pull people into the labor market, continue to create all these jobs, to me suggests that we 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 if we are at full employment, we're not certainly be well beyond full employment, right? Because we keep bringing people back in or like, taking them off the sidelines. I don't, is it three five versus three eight? I don't know. Maybe. You could you could argue, uh, you know, what the specific number is in, in there, but I don't think that we are well beyond, which would be the the cause for concern from an inflationary standpoint. And I think that's reflected even in those wage statistics. Yeah, they're not they're not falling as quickly as we'd like, but they're not accelerating uh, either. So, so three and a half percent is kind of sort of consistent with full employment. We don't need doesn't feel like we need four percent unemployment or four and a half percent unemployment. Which, by the way, if you look at the Fed, the Reserve's forecast they produce every quarter, their long-run unemployment rate projection is, I think it's over four. You know, it's like four one, four two. I think. So they're saying effectively that's the full employment unemployment rate. That's the rate that would be consistent with stable wage and and price growth. You know, at at target. But it feels like you're saying, well, not. Not maybe not, not maybe not three and a half percent feels like it could be the number. It, it feels a little bit low to me, just but yeah. that maybe just uh, yeah anchoring bias right there. Right, uh, right. Yeah. But uh, again, I don't see it that it, it seems as though below four is is sustainable. Right? Is sustainable, right? Okay, uh, Dante, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think there's any evidence that we're well beyond full employment at three and a half percent. I mean, like Chris said, wage growth isn't accelerating, you know, if any, you know, it's, it's still slowing, maybe not quite as quickly as we'd like, but you know, if you look at something like the employment cost index, it, it is coming in a little bit, even though average hourly earnings have been sort of stuck for the last six or seven months, you know, there are, there's evidence that other wage measures are slowing a bit, which seems counterintuitive if we're beyond full employment. Yeah, you know, we are still drawing in 150, 200, 250,000 workers into the labor force every month. It seems like, you know, with, with regularity. To, by the, the way, I, yeah, I, I looked at it and I'm not taking anyone's statistics, but over the past year, I think the labor force has grown over 3 million. So divide by 12, you know, that's, yeah. that's a, lot, a lot of people entering into the labor force. It's hard to argue you're at full employment if right. pulling in that kind of labor force, right? Yeah, I think you could argue that you we could see wage growth moderate faster if unemployment crept up closer to four. But I don't think we yeah. necessarily need to see that happen in order to get back to a you know a steady state here. We're we're you know long run path. What other measures are you looking at to gauge how tight the labor market is, whether we're at or beyond full employment? I mean, the unemployment rate is the kind of the 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 uh, top line headline kind of statistic. But there, what others do you look at? That to me, yeah. Oh, sorry, Dante. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking at you, Dante. You didn't know that? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, if you look at any, you know, layoffs, it's surprising how well things have fit together, right? I mean, we saw this uptick in layoffs, but they've come in, but they've come in with job growth still slowing, which seems like an unlikely outcome, right? But it's because hiring has also slowed. Everything sort of seems to be just gradually pulling back. You know, if we were in this overheated labor market, you'd imagine there was a bigger fight for workers and you know, bidding up of wages. And it just doesn't seem like in any of the measures that that's happening. It seems like we're drawing in enough workers to sort of satisfy needs and, you know, things are sort of coming back into normal. I think it just it took a little bit longer after the pandemic for all of that to happen than we maybe initially thought. But it, it feels like everything is sort of coming back into a you know, long run sustainable path. If you look at you know, quits returning to normal, you know, hiring slowing at the same time that layoffs are easing, you know, it just feels like everything is is fitting into a nice, you know, sort of stable pattern. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I think near perfect is a good description. I'm, I'm, I, 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 it's not perfect, 
right? Because wage growth is still elevated. Uh, you know, even by my effort to get the target up, <laughs> we're still above, you know, any target that you might have uh, consistent with a 2% inflation number that the Fed's focused on. So I, I, I don't think it's perfect, but it it is near perfect. Uh, job growth is strong, but it is steadily moderating, moving in the right direction. It's now consistent uh, with, uh, it, it's growing uh, less than the growth in the labor force. Uh, labor force is growing more strongly. It feels like the labor market is slowly but surely easing up despite the 3.5% unemployment rate. And I think you can see that in a number of statistics, some of which were in the, this report, some in the JOLTS survey, the Job Opening Labor Tur- Turnover Survey report we got earlier in the week. Now, that's lagged one month. The data we got today for employment was July. The JOLTS is for June. But, um, but it provides a lot of insight into the underlying dynamics. You mentioned hiring. Hiring, I think that's the way businesses are responding to kind of the weakening in, in demand for their goods and services. They're saying, I'm not going to lay off workers. I don't want to do that because it's going to be hard for me to find new workers and retain the workers I have. So I, I don't want to lay off, but I can pull back on my hiring and be less aggressive in my hiring. So the hiring rate, the, the number of hires as a percent of the labor force is, I think it's back pretty close to even lower than what it was kind of in the uh, pre-pandemic period in the tight labor market before then. The other thing that it appears to be going on, and this is kind of interesting, is they're cutting back on hours. That's the one thing you didn't mention, I don't think. Hours worked per week declined uh, in the month, and they're now kind of sort of below where they were pre-pandemic as well. And it feels like that's the other way uh, businesses are responding uh, to the weakening in demand. Again, not laying off workers, but you know, allowing uh, their um, the hours worked per worker to you know start to come in. The other thing I is another good indicator of an easing in the labor market is quits. The number of people quitting their this goes to the jolts, the job opening opening labor turnover survey quits have come back down, and I think the quit rate again quits as a percent of the labor force that's back consistent with where it was, you know, pre pre-pandemic, still maybe a little bit elevated, but only a little bit. Uh, and that's really key to wage growth, right? Because it's when people switch jobs that they tend to get these bigger pay increases. So if you, and it, it also, uh, that, that, you know, that also adds to uh, um, weaker productivity growth because as people quit and move around, you know, ultimately I think it raises productivity, but at least initially, because people are transitioning to new jobs and trying to figure it out and getting up the learning curve, that that's going to reduce productivity growth and you know uh, keep up our pressure on on inflation. But but the 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 uh, the lower quit rate is you know I think very positive. Uh, you know another indicator that things are uh, kind of easing up. Uh, so it feels like businesses are are you know responding to the weakening in demand for their goods and services, but they're doing it in a way. That doesn't entail layoffs, and if it, if you don't get layoffs, I, I think I've said this a few times before in these podcasts. Hard to see a recession, right? Because I think you need those layoffs to really spook people, consumers, have them pull back on their uh, spending, and and ultimately that's what you need for an economic downturn. If consumers keep on spending, doing their part, you're not going to have a recession because they're such a big piece of the pie. Does that all make sense, Chris? Did I say anything that you would? you know, disagree with there or push back on? No, it looks, again, yeah. the trends look favorable. I, one other yeah. statistic I can throw out, the temp help hiring was down yeah. this month as well. You might view that again as another, I think Dante mentioned that. Yeah. Right. right. Another, another indicator. Right. Yeah. Dante, any pushback on what I just said there? No, I think all of that makes sense. I mean, the hours point is a good one. If you look at the you know the index of aggregate weekly hours, it was down again this month, and it's been down a few times in the last four or five months. So even though we've been adding jobs at a steady pace, you know, some of that is being offset by those reductions in hours. Now, I've got a, a question that uh, is again pretty deep into the weeds, but and, and you may know may not know the answer to or have you know a sense of it, but I'm going to ask anyway, and then I'm going to turn it back to you and see if you've got any questions that you want to pose to the group that you're saying, this just bothers me. Can someone help me figure it out? If you've got any of those questions. My question goes to the labor force. 
in the strength of the labor force in the context of a stable labor force participation rate. So if I look at the participation rate, the percent of the labor force that's you know out there in the in the looking for work or working, it's flat as a pancake, sixty two point six percent. That's you know it's down from its pre pandemic sixty three point three, but that I think is what you would have expected to happen with or without a pandemic. Just given the aging out of the baby boom generation, you'd see a decline in participation rate. And it's you know roughly where we thought the participation rate would be if you go back and look at our forecast for this time prior to the pandemic. I think it was exactly 62.6%. So it's sticking to the script. But yet we've seen this big pickup in labor force, which means, doesn't it, that the growth in working age population is strong? Uh it, I, I think that's the simple arithmetic. Uh correct me if I'm wrong. And if I'm right. What's going on there? Why why are we seeing what could be explaining that? Why are we seeing more working age population growth? Dante, I'll turn it to you. Um, because you look at these. Is that first of all, is that a reasonable question to ask? I mean, is that perplexing? I, I know you you probably didn't notice that, but now that I pointed out, do you find that a perplexing development? Yeah, I mean, I think there's Two possible explanations, I think, off the top of my head. I mean, the one you made, I think, is fair that you've got stronger than expected growth in in the actual working age population. I think you still have some offsetting effect of weaker participation for you know non-prime age, so 55 and over workers, but you've still got modest increases in participation for prime age workers. You know, they're at you know 20, 25 year highs in in most cases. So I think some of that, you've got the top line participation that's been holding steady for whatever, six months or so. And some of that's been an, an offsetting there where uh, you know, participation among older workers has stayed weak, but you've gotten this uptick in participation amongst prime age workers. So I don't know that it's the you know increase in population that's driving it or just an increase in participation amongst those younger workers. Uh, you know, I think the prime participation rate, it, it actually was down a little bit this month, but it's you know, a couple tenths of right. was pre-pandemic. If you look at the prime employment to population ratio, that's, you know, the highest that it's been since the early 2000s. Yes, I think some of it's an offsetting effect where you've gotten this really strong participation amongst prime age workers that, you know, I don't know that we're necessarily expecting to see that hitting new highs here uh, at this point. Yeah. The other interesting thing I noticed in looking at the growth in working age population, you can look at it in terms of native born versus foreign born. You go back a few months ago, there, I'd say six months, nine, 12 months ago, you saw a really substantive increase in foreign-born work, uh, workers in the labor force. That has leveled off. And in more, more recently, in the last few months, it's native-born, which is kind of sort of interesting. Yeah. Any comment there? I, it's just an observation. Yeah. I, don't, I would agree. It's, it's interesting. Be, I don't know that I have a good explanation for yeah, why right. it's happening, but- yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ahead, I'd, throw, I'd throw out just to be a little cautious with the uh, data itself again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Measurement okay. errors, I think, uh, could be measurement differences. Let's call, let's call them. Right. I think even in the census, we, we suddenly discovered there were more younger folks than we actually estimated, uh, prior. So, you know, just be cautious, of course, when you're looking yeah, at this. Data. Generally, that's what happens when I have a question I can't answer it. it it's the answer is it, it's not really happening. It's, it's data. It's a data right. problem, and the data ultimately gets revised, and you go, okay, now it makes sense. Now it makes yeah. sense. And yeah. even in the employment, I don't know if Dante mentioned it, but there were some revisions in the uh, in the past two months of employment, right? Downward revision, yeah. right? So it's yeah. right. consistent with some of the, the observations we've made in the in previous podcasts that the data that the labor market just looked too strong. I think we're we're buying back some of that now. So still strong, but maybe not quite as strong in terms of em- employment growth as we thought a couple months ago, or we saw a couple months ago. Right. And just to reiterate something we've said in previous podcasts around the jobs numbers, we've got these big benchmark revisions coming. Yeah. Once a year, the these data, the payroll data that we're referring to, the uh, the survey of businesses, gets a so-called benchmark to actual employment counts based on unemployment insurance records. Uh, they they do this once a year just because it's such a, com- a computing uh, 
requires a lot of computing resources and they, and they don't do it every, every month. So it feels like that uh, we, when we get those benchmark revisions, we might get uh, some further downward revision to the employment growth we've been observing. So employment growth is slowing, but it may have even slowed more than we think it has once we get all those revisions in. Yeah, and we're going to get a read. We're going to get a read on that, aren't we, Dante? Here pretty soon. The preliminary estimate of the benchmark comes out later this month. So by the time uh, we get Lemmer report next okay. month, we'll have that data in hand to be okay. To really curious to see what that says. Yeah. Hopefully, I, hopefully it doesn't change the picture. Oh, we're in recession. <laughs> that would be bad. No, no, no. It's not going to do that. No, but you know. But anyway, okay. Uh, I did uh, want to talk about the other. Uh, we were focused obviously on the job market, labor market this week because we got a lot of uh, labor market data. The other uh, data point that came out was around productivity growth, and I want to talk about that. I'll come back, but I want to come back to it. Let's play the. Um, statistics game, and then we'll come back and talk about productivity. Uh, uh, so the statistics game is we each come up with a, a number, a statistic. The rest of the group tries to figure it out through question, deductive reasoning, clues. The best statistic is one that is not so easy. We get it immediately, not so hard that uh, we never get it. And it's apropos, hopefully, to the topic at hand. Uh, it doesn't have to be. It could be a recent statistic as well. But um, but none, uh, but none. Um, uh, obviously, the job numbers are top of mind. So with that, uh, let me turn to you, Dante, first. Uh, what's your statistic? Let's go with 4.1%. Hmm. In the jobs numbers today? It is not in the jobs numbers today. Hmm. Going off it, the in the jolts report not in the jolts no oh hmm okay now he's digging deep <laughs> in the productivity numbers it's not in the productivity numbers no is it is a labor market statistic uh it's no it's not directly labor market related no oh oh okay head fake yeah, yeah. threw us off the track here yeah <laughs> i think dante i think labor market so yeah I'm absolutely i'm mixing yeah. it up nice nicely done okay thank uh, you thank you dante <laughs> is it uh an inflation statistic it's not inflation, though. Oh, geez, Louise. Oh, is it a government statistic? We got to go back to basics. Uh, no, it's not a government statistic. Oh, um, my gosh. It's a, it's a Moody's Analytics statistic. Oh. Uh, I want to say CMBS delinquency rates, but that it sounds like it can't be that, right? Is it from the survey of business? No, no. Uh, it's a number we just rolled out this week. Uh, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what it is. You've it used is, it against me before. <laughs> it's the uh, tracking estimate for GDP in the third quarter. That's right. We just rolled out the initial estimate for third quarter GDP is 4.1% annualized. And that's actually in line with you. Know, I think the Atlanta Fed's GDP tracker was at 3.9% in their initial estimate. So either roughly in alignment. It's early. Obviously, it's not based on a ton of data, but... Explain explain what this tracker is. You know, what is it? So, right, we take incoming hard data that you know, would eventually flow into the estimate of third quarter GDP, and we use that to do a real-time estimate or projection of what we think third quarter GDP would be. So as we move through the third quarter, we get more and more data, we update that tracking estimate. So, you know, the initial estimates don't tend to be super accurate because we're not basing it on a lot of information. They tend to get more accurate over time as, as more of that source information comes in. But yeah, again, it's a real-time, you know, tracking estimate of, of what we expect uh, output to be in the current quarter. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's, I thought it was interesting. You Obviously, we had a couple of high-profile, uh, you know, pullbacks on recession calls, and it feels like if you're getting anywhere close to 4% annualized growth, uh, you know, I think the uh, talk of recession anytime this year or probably even early next year is unwarranted at this point, it feels like. Uh, so I, I think we'll probably see more people going back on those recession calls here in the near future. Although if we get 4.1%, then, you know, can't the hammer's coming that. out. Yeah. But if you get 4.1% with inflation still coming in and the job market still slowing. Yeah. It does that cause the same reaction? I guess is my my thought. Although so productivity I, then is taking off, and uh, right, that could mean the productivity is right yeah. providing a bigger lift than it has recently. But mm -hmm. but the reality is, this is early days. We don't have many yeah. 
hard data, hard data, as you say. So this is based yeah. on very little. Yeah, I certainly, I, I'm yeah. not expecting 4% growth in the third quarter, but I think yeah. it, it certainly is a positive sign that, you know, growth is going to maybe pick up a little bit from where it was in the first half. Year. Yeah. In the third quarter. Uh, uh, can I ask uh, right now? So vehicle sales are. We got vehicle sales for July. We got the ISM surveys for July. In, in, uh, uh, the supply management um, numbers. Uh, what else is it, it, it? I guess it also depends on the kind of the jumping off point from Q two. Mm-hmm. You know, for a lot of this data, is, is that basically the data that you have now for that tracking estimate? Right. The initial estimate comes after we get vehicle sales. That's the first big data point that we get okay. in. And then right, the jumping off from the previous quarter obviously matters and right. the trend estimates are for the other factors. Right. Vehicle sales is the, the key to when that starts for the next quarter. But your point is a good one. I mean, you had a lot of forecasters, not us, I'd say, you know, I'd just point out, not us, but other forecasters really saying, you know, about this point in time, we'd see some real weakening in the economy. Maybe not a recession in Q3, maybe not negative numbers, but certainly not strong numbers. We'd be starting to see some real weakening here, and we're not seeing it at all. Just, if anything, just still early days, but if anything, just the opposite. Right. Strengthening. Yeah. Okay. There was one forecasting outfit out there that said 100%. Probably remember that? I do. I, I, I don't want to embarrass uh, we won't, we call won't call them the, out. No, yeah. But, yeah. But just to say. All right. Yeah. Of course. There's, now, the script, I you know, I always hesitate to. No, please don't go. There. That, that that was I told you so. I <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I that wasn't. was you who said I told you so. No, I was not saying I told you so. But I that hate was a pretty doing bold, that because that was a pretty bold. One hundred percent. Well, statement. they're yeah, they're trying to make us. They're you know obviously statement. make a statement. Yeah, but but anyway, uh, I did notice Bank of America. Yeah. Who you know I respect a, a lot. They had a recession call for a long time, and they. Uh, decided to uh, roll that back. Um, uh, anyway. Okay. Uh, that was a good one. That was a really good one. A little, little difficult because, you know, our minds were somewhere else, but nonetheless, yeah. Chris, what's your statistic? 23,697. Is it yeah, that's too easy? <laughs> it's too easy. Yeah. It's, it's a job cut announcements from the challenger report. Yes. Uh, oh my God. There's, there aren't that many data that are that specific. You know, down to the, the individual uh, number. There. Boy, that's embarrassing, actually. Chris, are you embarrassed by how embarrassed that was so easy? Yeah. No, it, it's it's a rel- I knew it was easy, but relevant, right? Actually, I would I wouldn't have gotten it. I was my mind immediately went to construction employment or something, which was I think it was up nineteen thousand or something, right? Well, yeah. Those what was manufacturing? Was manufacturing up or down? Do you down two thousand, yeah, two thousand, which is pretty amazing. That given all this, it's only down two thousand. But okay, so okay, Chris, uh, you so picked very the- low, very low level of layoffs. It's yeah. actually down eight point two percent from a, a year ago. That's the first year over year decline uh, this year. So it just again uh, points to the fact that job cut announcements are very low. Businesses seem to be. Focusing more on maybe pulling back some of their job openings rather than actual layoffs at this point. Yeah, I mean uh, it's it's just incredible. I mean, uh, just how low those layoffs are. We saw a pickup earlier in the year because of the tech. I think we yeah. mentioned that, but since really the last couple of three months, it's really come off again. Really, that's really right. Low. It got up as I think it was over a hundred thousand back in. January, February of this year. So yeah, when like, there the was Amazons some, and the, there was some the here there. Yeah. Right? right. Which justified some of those recession calls, perhaps. Right. But, uh, You've heard my explanation for the low layoffs, kind of the labor hoarding argument. Businesses just don't want to lay off because they don't you know, they know their number one problem through you know, looking through the whatever it is that we're experiencing now is going to be yeah. finding and retaining workers. Do you buy into that? I think you asked this last week. Did I? Okay. <laughs> As well, but uh, yeah, I kind of buy into Oh, I think it. I did. I, it was a couple of weeks ago. I asked you yeah. when it was mano a mano. I, yeah. I buy somewhat into it, but it can't be the only uh, factor. There must be demand for goods and services. So they, they're willing to accept lower productivity perhaps, but they can't have a big part of their labor force just doing nothing, right? <laughs> it's just- Yeah. Um, Right, yeah. so they'll they'll hoard to some extent, but there are some limits there. But imagine. that that that's well, I see the hiring is still being 
organic. They're seeing the demand for goods and services. They're still fulfilling. Okay. 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 And um, to your earlier point, I think you've seen some of the adjustment on the hours front, right? I mean, yeah. you're still hiring, but you've seen average hours come down. You know, Chris's point about part-time for non-economic, non-economic, you know, you've seen maybe some adjustment there, you know, where firms are saying, okay, we're, we're not going to lay workers off, but, you know, hours are being cut back a little bit. You know, people are being forced part-time maybe a little bit more than they were. So, you know, I think to your point about labor hoarding, they're trying to find ways to keep workers on the payroll by, you know, putting them to work a little bit less maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, good one. Okay. So my statistic is 1.5%. 1.5%. In today's uh, jobs report? Nope. It's labor market related. From the jolts? Nope. Came nope. out this week? Yep. Did Government indeed. statistic? Government statistic. BLS. Bureau of Labor Statistics. <laughs> I just say it. Is it, oh. is it productivity related? Yes, it is. Productivity related. Is that the decrease in hours worked in the, the productivity? Hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't know that. No, I don't yeah, know that number. Sure. I don't, that wasn't the number I had in mind, but it sounds like a big decline. Is that the average output per hour over the last 12 months? You've got the spirit of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the average annual growth oh. in non-farm business productivity since the, the just before the pandemic hit. So that's you know now well that's what I meant. That's what now, I, I know that's what you yeah, yeah, I know yeah, so I said you you got the spirit of it. You got the spirit of it. And that's exact almost exactly equal to the a, a productivity growth in the prior three plus years. So if I, you know, look at the, since the pandemic hit in uh, 2020 Q1 till now and uh, calculate productivity growth and then compare that to the, to the same kind of three year plus period prior to that, that was also one and a half percent productivity growth. So despite, despite it all, despite all the ups, downs, all arounds, the economy is still generating Productivity gains that are 1.5%, which is you know back consistent to what we were saying earlier about underlying productivity growth and the kind of wage growth you need to be consistent with the two percent target. It's you have to assume a 1.5% productivity growth numbers. I found that I found that quite interesting, very very uh, uh, encouraging. You know, particularly in the context of yeah, in the context of all those quits. Remember, I mentioned all those quits. Yeah. I think at least initially that's going to depress productivity growth. But it feels like you know. We might be getting to the other side of the of the learning curve, and people are going to start kicking in the gear. And because they are, you know, because of all those the quitting, people shuffling around, getting jobs that were more uh, they're more happy with, the more consistent with their skills and their preferences. It could be we could see some pretty significant, you know, gain productivity gains here because you know we got some more happy uh, workers, you know, than we have had historically because of those quits. That's interesting. But there was a Wall Street Journal article. That came out this week, hmm. making the rounds and and indicating that uh, you know newly hired workers, new labor market entrants, uh, were showing lower productivity. Right, the businesses were really struggling to train folks. They attributed it to a remote work, certainly, as well as just the pandemic itself and edu- decline in education uh, during the pandemic. So maybe it's industry specific, hmm. right? If we're thinking, hmm. I think this article focused more on. Um, Restaurants, retail, you know, just how oh, do you register? How do you manage your, your your schedule and whatnot? So, well, typically, when you have a tight labor market, productivity growth does start decline. to decline, right? Because you do start hiring workers that are of lesser skilled, less experience, you know, have other issues, uh, and uh, productivity does start to to uh, suffer, but. Doesn't feel like that's the case here. I mean, it feels like we're holding our own. At least if you buy into the data, we we saw a big increase in the in the in the first quarter because it's jumping up and down on all around quarter to quarter. But if you abstract from that, it feels like you know we're still hanging tough, which I find encouraging. And you're yeah. so you're still uh, bullish, still optimistic for the future. Productivity gains are going to. Yeah, you know, in our, in our baseline forecast, the most likely forecast in the middle of the distribution, with which. No recession, and we've never just to repeat, no recession. We've never had a recession. 
we're assuming 1.5% productivity growth going forward, which is kind of pedestrian in the grand scheme of things. Meaning, you know, if you look at productivity growth between the World War II and the, and the financial crisis, it was almost 2% on the nose. Between the financial crisis and the pandemic, that whole entire period, it was 1%. In a few years right before the pandemic, it got back up to one and a half, and that's where we've been since the pandemic. So it feels like we were at two, we went to one, we're now at one and a half. And that's what I'm assuming because I just don't know, really, there's so many cross currents here that you, we were just, those things we were yep. just talking about are cross currents. And that's not even bringing in things like artificial intelligence and AI and uh, you know, the strong investment spending that's going on right now uh, among businesses, you know, how's that all going to play out? But we're kind of punting on that, at least so far, which yeah. I think it's, you know, hard to do otherwise, right? I mean, I think at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, still uh, negative? Yeah, I would say I'm still bearish. You know, I don't, I don't think productivity growth is going back to 1%, but I, you know, I'm not sure that we get to 1.5%, you know, over the next couple of years. I think maybe it's a little bit weaker than that. I, you know, I'm still a little bit pessimistic, I guess. Hmm. Uh, and Chris, I, I forgot you, this is kind of the yin and the yang of the productivity <laughs> debate. Dante's the yang, meaning negative, and Chris is the yang, the positive. Is that right? Oh, that's right. That's right. right. And, and so uh, if you were, I mean, if you, if you, we have the 1.5%, I'm kind of splitting the difference between the yin and the yang. What would you say, Chris, would be more likely? Something closer to two, back up to two over the next few years? Maybe next one, five and, years. one and three quarter. One and three quarters. Yeah. So, and, and Dante, you'd say one and a quarter? Yeah. I think that's roughly where I'm. Okay. Going. So I'm going to say one and a half, and <laughs> it's one and a half. That That's how yeah. we do the forecast. So <laughs> it's one and a half, one and a half percent. Reasonable. Reasonable. Right. Reasonable. Uh, have you seen though there, you know, the uh, Goldman Sachs came out with a study uh, on AI and there they were arguing uh, that uh, it's a game changer that, you know, it's like electricity or the internet in terms of what it means for productivity. So one point, it's going to add 1.5% per annum to growth. So we, we're, we're now 1.5. We're going to get another 1.5. We're going to therefore be at three over the next, you know, five, 10 years, something like that. Was that the study that's $7 trillion to yeah. GDP yeah. or something? Global GDP. Yeah. yeah. Right. So hard to put that information to make that case though. Do you think I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't think so, but yeah, we'll see. AI specifically. So not. I mean, yeah, we're, when we're talking productivity growth, it could come from anywhere. A lot of different sources, right? Right. But they're saying AI, <laughs> generative Hello. AI. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um. I. I think we're gonna. This is gonna be a shorter podcast, uh, which isn't hard to do because our recent ones have been very long. <laughs> uh. But uh. Let's uh. Let's end like we have been because uh, I just want to get Chris's probability of recession over the next twelve months. I, you know, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting, you know, Dante, because he, you know, he's stuck at 50% probability over the next 12 months. Chris, any change there? I'm not a, I'm not a hedgehog. So not a, say, what I'm are not, you then? Geez, it feels like a hedgehog. Fox. New <laughs> data. No, that's no gonna, Fox. I'm yeah. revising it down to 45. <gasps> oh, look at that. Oh my gosh. That is a watershed moment. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, and I might even go lower, but last week's podcast with the government shutdown discussion and it spooked me. So yeah, it made me a little nervous too. Yeah. Uh, so a 45% probability in national Bureau of economic research defined recession will start between now and this time next year, 45%. 12 months. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cause you were 50 last week and your peak was 65. Yeah. 65%. Right. Okay. Anything. I, well, the employment report must've, moving yeah. in that direction. Was that the thing that pushed you over the, uh, the line? Yeah. This and, yeah. and the uh, layoffs and, uh, you know, I'm not yeah. seeing the. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very, very good. That's, that's a watershed moment. Dante, where are you? So I think last month I was at 40%, which was, you know, down a bit uh, from a few months ago. I think I probably spent too much time with you recently. I, I'm, I would lower that probably to one third now. Oh, okay. I'm going to split the difference and call it one third to make it easy, but I, I have influence. You have. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Cause Dante and I were tra traveling together out West visiting clients and 
and uh, he heard my talk a, a number of times. <laughs> so, ah, okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. All right. Well, okay. One third probability of recession Ooh. over the next one. I'm with you. I'd say one third probability of recession over the next 12 months. Still, still elevated. I mean, we're not, you know, until inflation is back to target, hard to get, you know, overly excited. And economy is going to be vulnerable here. Uh, it is going to be soft and anything that goes off the rails, uh, even a little bit, going to be a problem. And that looming government, potential for a looming government shutdown does make me nervous. So, um, what was we... the, uh, what was the price of gas at Wawa this morning? <clears throat> you know, I'm, I didn't go into, um, oh, you didn't go with... yeah, I, I didn't, actually oh, I was remote. thinking about driving the car <laughs> to get some Wawa coffee, but I couldn't, oh, I, because the employment report was coming out and I was, you know, busy ah. getting, and I had a lot of other stuff going on, writing a piece for CNN, that kind of stuff. But um, I didn't look. Do you know Dante? Oh, you're at Shore. You're, yeah, I think it was like I don't even know what it was down here. Three sixty. Yeah. You you bring that up for good reason because oil prices are going back up. Yeah, yesterday I saw three ninety six. So ooh, yeah. really? In Westchester. Yeah. In Westchester. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that does worry me as well. Right. Yeah. That's another good another good uh, reason to be a little nervous here. I do think if we stay below four dollars a gallon, we're okay. If we go over four, then I get a little nervous. If we get four fifty plus, I think, ooh. yeah, plus food prices. I think, yeah, that's the other vulnerable, thing. So electricity prices are coming in, so that should help offset yeah. some of the other. But still, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, okay. yeah, but that sentiment is really yeah tied to gas me. prices for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, anything else, guys? Uh, you want to bring up before we call this a podcast? Now, are we going to get Marissa back next week, Chris? She's been yes. AWOL quite a bit here. <laughs> next week, yeah. she should be back. So Okay, she should be back. Okay. All right, Dante, thanks so much. Uh, and with that, dear listener, we're going to call this a podcast. Take care now. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>